By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Always great to chat with my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. You can see the wonderful, beautiful-looking website on the screen right now. And if you're listening to us, it's OkanaganZ.com and follow on Twitter at OkanaganZ. As I uh, bring in uh, Mr. Wiley, how are things in the Valley today, David? Hello. Things are good. Not quite as green and beautiful as uh, as the OZ website would show. <laughs> But uh, that's certainly coming. How are things out in uh, always lovely Alberta? Yeah, snowy and white. Uh, it is, uh, there, there's a few rabbit tracks, so that's good. When it was minus 50, we weren't seeing a lot of rabbit tracks out the window. So, you know, at least <laughs> minus 13, the rabbits can handle that. So, But I know spring is on the way. And um, on, on Sunday night, we were, uh, you know, breathlessly waiting and wondering about uh, one of the guys that I think we both look up to in the cannabis space. And that's Seth Rogen. He teased something on Sunday and unveiled it on Monday. He did. Seth Rogen, Vancouver actor, is launching Houseplant uh, in the U.S., California specifically. So that'll bring his Canadian-born weed brand across the border. Uh, Seth made the announcement Monday to his 9.1 million followers on Twitter. And his video just showed him looking so excited and so happy to be hitting this milestone. Uh, he said that this is honestly his life's work and he's never been more excited about anything. Uh, I love that he said, if you know anything about him at all, that he's going to assume it's that he really loves weed. And uh, now he says he's planning on bringing the best uh, strains of weed that uh, have been handpicked. By that, he means hand-smoked by him to the U.S. market. So the indica and sativa strains are going to come in these orange and purple tins. Um, they look up fairly reminiscent to what we're seeing here in Canada. And he's launching it in a similar way as to how Houseplan was launched in Canada with uh, sort of the old school throwback of, uh, of larger boxes that look like um, VCR cassette tape boxes for anyone who remembers those. And is also launching a uh, vinyl soundtrack for the strains. Uh, one of the strains that he's going to be launching in the U.S. is a 33% THC pancake ice sativa. Uh, mm. That's not something that we've seen here in Canada. We've seen ChemDog uh, as a sativa, which is, uh, you know, really good. I, I had some trouble with the houseplant uh, weed early on. I thought that uh, it wasn't quite up to snuff. It has been getting better. Um, one of the interesting things about this announcement is it doesn't he doesn't mention canopy um but i i would imagine that canopy is going to be doing the growing um i don't know how all of this is going to work 
from a regulatory standpoint, we haven't really been able to see Canadian cannabis companies move into the U.S. market in any way. Uh, Canopy, of course, does have connections, but it seems that the announce the details of the announcement uh, anyway aren't uh, quite as clear. Um, typical of the weird mazes of red tape that cannabis companies have had to navigate is that the Houseplant brand now has three different social media accounts. It's got Houseplant Canada, Houseplant US, and then Houseplant for the line of accessories that Seth has also announced. And he showed off this uh, tabletop lighter, which is really cool. The top of it's an ashtray. Um, and I I'm hoping that we're going to see some Seth Rogen designed types of uh, of ashtrays and maybe other types of accessories because we see him on Instagram um, showing off the cool things that he's made. So, um, you know, awesome to see what he's doing and wishing him the best of luck with this uh, new launch of his products. Yeah, I love how he says, uh, I lose my bleeping lighters all the time, but this one <laughs> is really hard to lose. It reminds me of my, my good buddy, uh, the underground wizard, we called him growing up. He would like have the heaviest keychain ever uh, because he didn't want to <laughs> lose his car keys. And it probably wrecked his steering column, but that's another story. I, I love the uh, the homemade stuff that, that Seth shows off. And, uh, you know, I've actually, I said to my wife, I said, I want to go to the, you know, this pottery place that we know and try to make one of those ashtrays that you can set the joint on because he's kind of inspired me and and I love it. I am very interested like you to see how this all works and uh, you know they they're forging ahead with this but it's it's beautiful and for for a guy to you know to to have so much success on screen as Seth Rogen has had and to refer to this as his dream it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. He's had so much success and it's neat to see a Canadian forging the way uh, also in the U.S. for cannabis. Um, I mean, come on, we're we're the world trailblazers here. So uh, it's great to see us continue to be involved even across borders. Yeah, if only we can get Ryan Reynolds starting to uh, pump out the weed, we would have uh, the uh, <laughs> American uh, entertainment market with cannabis covered. All right, uh, speaking of cannabis, um, you know, there's a ton of different names that people kind of give you know, there was uh, 1.0, 2.0. I call it seasons because I come from a sports uh, background. Uh, so season one, season two. So now we're into season three or cannabis 3.0. And and you at the, the OZ had a really interesting conversation with, with a company that, you know, we talk about uh, forging ahead in the industry. This is a company that has really been continually forging ahead. And uh, some interesting thoughts on cannabis 3.0 and, and CBD in particular. Yeah, the Valens Company, actually based here in the Kelowna area. Uh, I had a chance to speak to Chantel Popoff, who's the chief operating officer at that company. Um, and they're one of the biggest cannabis 2.0 producers in the world. They have a huge footprint in the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, I've, I've heard the phrase cannabis 3.0 thrown around a few times and, you know, wasn't really sure what that meant. So I asked Chantel uh, for her take and she says, Essentially, 3.0 products are focusing on bringing the benefits of cannabis derivatives into more mainstream health products, basically stuff that's already available in your home. So a good example of that would be a THC or CBD infused bath balm uh, or THC infused lip balm, honey, uh, topical cream. So those sort of things that you would use in your house every day. And the idea is that as uh, cannabis products continue to get more and more advanced, we're going to start to see some of the things that are really staples in our home uh, start to contain things like cannabis. 
And, you know, on that front, I tend to ask most of the executives that I talk to at different cannabis companies, what one change Health Canada could make to current regulations that would most benefit the industry. And uh, Chantelle offered two, actually. She said that one of those things would be to increase the THC limit per pack from the 10 milligrams that's currently allowed to 100 milligrams per pack, uh, commonly found in the U.S. market. She says that would be a win-win, not only for companies that are producing these types of products, uh, but also for consumers, because having uh, having that kind of uh, an increase would actually drive the price down and the margins up, so both benefit. It would allow for more units and more serving sizes per pack. And you know, getting back to a little bit of the the 3.0 cannabis products, she said that the second. Uh, change that they would like to see Health Canada make is the the continued growth and deregulation of CBD. She says in the United States, CBD infused health and beauty products are available almost everywhere, and they're just over the counter items. Uh, and the more she says that we can make CBD a mainstream ingredient, the more the consumers are going to benefit, and the market's going to benefit. And it also provides an additional category for, uh, you know, wellness companies to play in. So when we look at those types of 3.0 products that would um, you quite possibly take the place of other products that are commonly found in our homes, increasing the, the amount of CBD allowable and decreasing all that red tape surrounding them would really go a long way in making those type, types of products more available to the everyday consumer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, you know, I, I, I relate this story often uh, that it was told to me from Ian Scott, who's the operations manager for Plant Life Cannabis, that they were walking down a mall in Vegas and there was a CBD kiosk, basically right next to the sunglass hut or whatever else, uh, get your phone cover. Like you could get your sunglasses, you get your phone covered, pick up some CBD, some jeans, and then you're out. Like it's just, it's accessible, like you said, everywhere. And and as for the, the 3.0 products that she was talking about, I love them. I, I've I've tried to, the bath bombs uh, from uh, Stewart Farms uh, and the uh, the bath salts and, and I really enjoy them. You know, I didn't get out of it thinking, uh, oh my God, I'm so high, but high is different to a lot of people. A relaxation can be a high. And, you know, I often combine my uh, baths with a joint. So I did get high anyway as a Lebowski bath, but <laughs> I, I really do enjoy these 3.0 products that will, you know, contain uh, different things that uh, your, your body could absorb, particularly CBD and stuff. So I'm with them. I'm looking forward to it. And um, it's it's amazing that, uh, you know, at some point, the these, whether it's CBD or even THC infused products, are going to just be our everyday things that we have in our homes, as you said. I love to see what's happening in this industry. Things are evolving and changing so quickly, and that's just going to continue. Indeed. All right, uh, this uh, next story, unfortunately, is uh, just an absolute awful story, but it does uh, reinforce why you should stick to the legal market when you are buying your cannabis products. Yeah, my goodness. A woman in her 20s died last week after using an illicit cannabis product that was laced with fentanyl. Um, it, the province of Prince Edward Island had issued a warning about the presence of fentanyl um, in some kind of product. They don't say what it is following a coroner's report uh, on the death. They basically say that anyone that's consuming cannabis should ensure that it comes from a safe source. A PEI's chief public health officer, Dr. Heather Morrison, said that uh 
This product was mixed with fentanyl, methamphetamine, and W18, which is a synthetic drug to deadly effect. They didn't specify exactly what kind of product it was, though they did specifically caution people to stay away from any drug in pill or powdered form. Um, for those who don't know what fentanyl is, it's a powerful opioid. It's 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. And this W18 drug that they mentioned too is similar to carfentanil and is reported to be as much as 10,000 times more powerful than morphine. Now, these uh, these drugs have caused an overdose crisis across Canada, and it's hit places like Vancouver and other parts of BC particularly hard. Um, we've seen uh, deaths also increase even as we've been going through this COVID-19 crisis, and uh, it's just terrible. So, you know, this is, this is a warning to heed. Be safe out there and make sure that you're getting your cannabis from a trusted source. Indeed. Uh, and just, you know, awful news uh, for that family or anybody's family who unfortunately has, you know, been, been affected by the opiate crisis. And, and sometimes the, that, that opiate addiction starts from a physician handing out those, those opiates. And so it's just an awful, awful thing all around. But it does underscore. And, you know, we saw this during that vape crisis uh, that was happening, you know, it seems like 10 years ago now uh, with the last <laughs> year that we've had. But, you know, we've talked about that often, David, that, you know, the, the legal vapes that you can buy now, we haven't seen any of that, uh, you know, the the whatever the popcorn lung or whatever they were calling it that was taking people's lives, uh, particularly in the United States, from black market when people were cutting it. This is no different. They're cutting these black market drugs with terrible things. Um, I, I don't know the reason why you're killing off your customer. It makes zero sense to me. But, you know, whether it was the vape situation or anything like this, uh, know where you're getting it from. That's the bottom line. Mm hmm. Yeah, the legal side, you know, we have consumer protections that are built into place. The people that are uh, supplying, creating these products, you know, they put their licenses and their investments on the line. So it's in uh, it's in their best interest to ensure that the, the products, the cannabis products that we're getting into our hands through a regulated source are safe. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, this topic is quite timely because last weekend I had an insurance guest on the program and, you know, I, I was blown away by some of the things that can and can't affect you. You know, you hear all the time and, and the Manitoba government uses it as an excuse to not let people grow that your insurance is going to be affected. Well, not if you're just growing your four plants, it's not. So there's a lot of misinformation out there, I think, um, when it comes to insurance and maybe just a lot of not there's not a lot out there as you know as my guest fatty was telling me that they were their group was one of the first to dive into it because a lot of people were shying away from it but there are a lot of things to know about when it comes to insurance and cannabis protecting yourself if you're in the industry and you know whether or not it affects your home insurance well this this was really interesting as a story in a canadian insurance underwriters uh, publication and gone into a little bit of what uh, can Canadian the Canadian insurance industry is uh, getting as far as the sense of the type of claims that are coming from legalization. And this is pretty interesting. There are two types that seem to be the most prevalent, uh, property and casualty insurance, which is also known as P&C insurance. And those are types of coverage that would help to protect you and the property that you own. And the other type of insurance that's seen an uptick since legalization is directors and officers liability insurance. That's called DNO. 
So that protects directors and officers from personal financial loss that may result mm. from allegations and lawsuits of wrongful acts or mismanagement. So uh, those are the two types that people are really purchasing in the industry uh, and that where claims are coming in. Now, two and a half years into legalization, insurers are seeing property damage claims, uh, the directors and officers liability claims, product recalls, uh, boiler and machinery type losses. Uh, Kelly Hunt, who's vice president of underwriting with Next Wave Insurance Canada, she told Canadian Underwriter that uh, fires are actually a major concern with uh, Canadian LPs. And that's mainly been due to a lot of lighting issues, predominantly from light bulbs and growing facilities. Uh, there's also been windstorm losses and break and enter. So those old good old act of God kinds of claims. Mm -hmm. uh, on the product liability front, they're seeing things like class action lawsuits. So one that was filed uh, alleging the percentage of THC was misrepresented on bottles by a few licensed producers. Um, and again, as for corporate wrongdoing, Oren Shmuel, just love that last name, yeah. uh, who's with HDI Global Specialty SE in Canada, says that with the amount of money that's coming into the sector, it's encouraged investors to make quick decisions that have had the potential for a bad investment. So a few people who have uh, put money into this, um, you know, very volatile at times industry and seen losses, um, you know, aren't necessarily averse to filing a lawsuit against those who have been running these companies. I found this uh, kind of uh, little piece interesting as well because it kind of dovetails on what we talked about last week as far as uh, roadside testing and things like that because they say generally speaking auto claims have amounted to nothing drinking and driving and smoking marijuana and driving are two very different things with different effects on people she added uh, the industry hasn't seen an uptick in auto claims also they don't really have a test to prove it I don't know if they have the proper test to catch these people but I don't know if they're causing a problem anyway which is a really good way of walking the line of not you know saying it's it's she's not saying it's not happening but she's not saying it's happening a lot she's basically saying what we have been talking about quite often and the fact that how do you reliably prove that somebody is in this situation <laughs> so that was one thing that i definitely found interesting as it kind of spoke to what we've said in the past isn't it amazing how the facts and the fears don't always line up and one of the things that people were talking about, uh, especially those who are in, uh, um, you know, policing type positions, were warning that we were going to see, oh, this massive increase in car crashes due to, um, you know, high drivers. We just haven't seen it. And uh, one of the one of the wonderful, many wonderful aspects, I would argue, of legalization is that we're able to see what is true and what is stigma. And a lot of the stigmas have been very, very untrue. Indeed. Uh, Reefer Madness 2.0 has not taken place uh, in Canada, much to the chagrin and uh, some of the predictions that, that people made, and uh, much to the delight of people like us. Uh, David, thanks so much, as always, for joining me. There on the screen is the beautiful website. It will be green very soon. I know that. And very soon, I know some magazines are on my way my, to, to myself, uh, and I'm really, really excited about getting those and distributing them. Um, just, uh, you know, people can find the uh, the digital copy right now on the website, correct? Yeah, they sure can. And uh, those magazines are definitely on their way over to you. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. 
Um, always glad to to have you as part of what we're doing here, man. You're you're a talented guy, and uh, and I love what you're doing. Well, it's a lot of fun to be able to put my thoughts on paper. I can't wait to spread those magazines out in this area, and we will chat next week, my friend. Sounds good. and follow us on social media at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram, and at the Canna 101 podcast on Facebook. You can email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. 